0: Hi, I'm Nico. And I'm Rushmi. Welcome to the Anything But After Show, where we bring a listener in to chat with us about this month's episode. In this after show, we'll be talking about anything but golf with Rose Zhang.
1: Today, we're joined by a dear listener named Swetha. So Swetha, do you want to introduce yourself to everyone that's listening and tell us a little bit about you and why you're here? Sure. Um, Hi, my name is Swetha. I am from Cleveland, Ohio, originally, but I go to school in Atlanta, Georgia now. Um, I am an avid listener of anything but podcasts. I love all of your guys' episodes. I think you interview such amazing people, and I'm super excited to talk to you today.
0: Well, thank you. We're so cool. excited to have you join us. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, no, this will be fun. We're talking about, like I just mentioned, anything but golf with Rose Zhang, where we brought the world number one female amateur golfer on to talk about everything from golf to the sport she'd play that if it were not golf, all the way down to how she defines success. So looking at it in broad strokes, is there anything from that episode that stands out to you?
1: Oh, man. Um, I think the fact that so I think whenever I like see student athletes or even someone or someone that is just as like as successful as Rose is, um, I think it's so easy to be so intimidated by them and their success. And I mean, definitely like coming in before, like before listening to this podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. Like she's done such amazing things. Um, so I think also listening to her talk about just being like a normal college student and um yeah, the experiences she has, like balancing work and um, athletes and social life and all of those different things was definitely really nice to talk about. So I liked, I really enjoyed listening to um, just how, you know, she's like regular college she get like us. So that was nice to hear. Yeah, that was like one of the things I loved about talking with her is getting to talk with someone who's done so many cool things and such unique things too. And talking with her felt so calm. Like, It just like, it felt like you were just like meeting a new friend for me, especially because I'd never met her before. And I was just like, wow, this is so exciting. And she was kind of saying the same thing. Like when she first came to Stanford, like specifically, like she was nervous that like everyone, it might be like difficult to talk to people. Like there's so many like accomplished people. And she was saying that she appreciated being able to have those conversations that like were not always just about the things you've done and the things you've accomplished. And I felt the exact same way when I was talking to her. So I thought that was just like really sweet that like she was feeling the same way about other people. And then I was feeling the exact same way when I was talking to her for the first time.
0: No, yeah, so I go to school with Rose. We lived on the same hallway last year and she is exactly that way too. She is super chill in person. And I just think that's, like you're talking about, sometimes student athletes can be really intimidating. Uh, I don't recall whether we talked about this in our episode or not, but how sometimes I'll see like football players or basketball players riding around on their electric bikes that have wheels that are like the size of donuts.
1: Levi, we talked about that <laughs> oh, uh, okay. in our after show, Levi.
0: Yeah, where like they'll be riding around and you'll like you can tell that they're athletes, but there's something that at times can seem not necessarily unapproachable, but just kind of intimidating. But then you actually get to meet them. Like we both have now had the chance to meet Rose and actually talk with her just about being a person. And you realize, like you said, they're just like us. It's just they're the the things on their to do list are a little bit different than the things on ours. And I remember Rose saying while we were chatting that (laughs) uh, while we were chatting that there is this. Kind of community grind that happens that everybody is struggling just the same no matter what you're struggling in and having that perspective to kind of bring everything back down to earth and realize you know we all really are just the same even if some of the say student athletes end up on billboards promoting athletic events for the school you know some of us end up in say like i know levi too uh one of our previous after show guests was in the like admissions brochure for for his college. Like, everybody ends up, you know, doing the same kinds of things. It's just in a different space. But, um, no, I think, too, with Rose, one thing that stood out to me was her definition of success because she's had really so much of it, right? Uh, If you don't recall, I just went and I I re-listened to that little bit before we started recording here. And it's this idea of having an impact on other people and being able to give back. I'm curious to get your thoughts on that philosophy about success.
1: Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, this is something that I feel like I've heard my chair say to me before when I was younger, which was like, you know, real success and real happiness in your life comes from sharing that with other people and helping them create it themselves. Um, and I think that's a really powerful thing that she said in, in the episode. Um, and I like that she mentioned that, you know, like, she wants to do stuff beyond goals. And even though, like, that's something that she's, like, so well known for in her life, in her college community and whatnot, like, she has um, plans and she has goals to do things beyond that. So like, even though from the outside world that's, like, what she's defined by, she... um wants to be defined by more than just that which i thought was really powerful and the way she wants to be defined is like by having an impact on other people i thought that was really beautiful um and i think that's a wonderful definition of success like helping other people um and helping other people create it for themselves as well yeah it's also super nice to see how those goals ground people Because when certain people are just known for such specific things and are attached to like one idea, one thing that they do, it's so easy. I mean, it's like what people say when people like get famous or if people start to recognize them for things, they get frozen in that exact time that they became well known or get frozen in whatever it is that they were known for. They get stuck in that. And I really appreciated getting to hear about the ways that she's constantly grounding herself in other ways that she's going to make an impact and like I hope I hope she knows that like she never has to like put herself down into this one thing it's like it's golf or nothing I really appreciated getting to hear about how she kind of holds herself in that way to be like this is what I'm doing now and I'm super grateful for all of those opportunities and there are still other things that I want to continue to do like even for someone who has accomplished so much and done so many cool things. There are still more things that she wants to do. And I I find that really inspiring. Yeah, like what you said, I think it's so interesting that like this kind of what we're talking about right now about like her wanting to define herself beyond just golf, I think is so similar to what we were talking about earlier, which was like coming into college and like what it means to be a college student and like what it means to interact with other college students and how like defining yourself, trying to figure out who you are and like, essentially trying to put yourself in a particular box is such a common feeling that I think a lot of college students have coming in. Um, And it's so interesting that like, that is also a feeling that she has. Um, I think we all try to, this is moving beyond just that specific episode, but like, I think we all try to, especially in college, like try to find ourselves, try to um, discover ourselves. But simultaneously, I feel like what we do is we try to narrow ourselves down in the effort to try to um, figure out who we are. And, um, yeah, I mean, I really appreciated that she wants to go beyond just that and it's like, no, like, I know golf isn't going to last forever, um, which is, like, a kind of, which is an interesting thing to say, like, um, mm-hmm. at a young age, but I think that's probably true for a lot of athletes. Like, um, you know, understanding that it's, like, not necessarily forever, and even though it's, like, your biggest... Um, source of like maybe you're one of your biggest source of enjoyment your biggest love currently like acknowledging that it's not necessarily going to last forever and not defining yourself specifically in that past i think is so important like as a college student to understand when we're constantly trying to define ourselves that is like what you said about like we find ourselves by narrowing down where our focus is is like very impactful (laughs) points, like that. That, <laughs> like, because it's weird to say it out loud. Because, like, we all do it. Everyone is doing right. it. It's, but it's so true. It's it's really weird to say it out loud and be like, oh, I guess I am finding myself by focusing in on like one or two things.
0: And then is that really finding all of yourself? If in the right, like while you're going yeah. through this process, like you're saying of whatever it means to be me. Right. Mm-hmm. By only refining myself to these couple boxes, only a couple columns in the spreadsheet, am I really getting everything? I saw you shake your head, Sweta. I don't. I, I agree. I don't know that that is. Yeah.
1: I mean, that is a really interesting. Really, question. truly finding yourself. Yeah. No, I think that's a really interesting question. I I don't think that's finding your full selves. But at the same time, I think about if it's ever possible to truly find your full self especially in a society where like we graduate college and the whole point is to narrow our focus on narrow our focus on a particular field and commit our entire lives to that particular field and to use that particular field to create a life for ourselves to create a living for ourselves but ultimately like even though we're you know whatever careers we go into later even though that's going to be the source of um our living like it's not It doesn't define our life, which, um, so yeah, I think my answer is no. Like, I don't think that means fully finding yourself if you narrow yourself down to one thing, which is kind of ironic because we narrow ourselves down to one thing for the purpose of finding ourselves. But do we truly do that? I don't know. I don't think so.
0: This is so much to think about. I (laughs) I know. I'm just sitting here like letting all that simmer for a second wow yeah wow is like the word i I, I
1: mean like it's really interesting to actually say things like that out loud because you start to reflect on the things that you've done and you're like oh that's something that i did that i thought that i was really like expanding my horizons and i actually was just kind of pushing myself Mm -hmm. into this exact path that i thought i needed to be going down but i think there still is like some beauty in that as well I think like especially going from high school where I felt like I was just involved in anything and everything I could get involved in like it was just like whatever is there like I'm going to do it I'm going to make that myself to then coming into college and starting to find more specific things that I really want to dedicate my time into and put an extensive amount of effort that also reflects a lot about who you are and your values and helps you find yourself in other ways, too.
0: There is a little bit of this breadth and depth game going on. I think mm-hmm. you're right. Like, we both in high school were doing just about as much as we possibly could. And through that process, I know I found things that I didn't necessarily like. Like what Rose was talking about. She had the chance to try a bunch of different sports. Mm-hmm. And then really kind of honed in on golf. Because that's just the one that emerged as something she really clicked with. Mm-hmm. Could have been tennis, but it ended up being golf. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I think that's this process throughout the whole journey of self-discovery that's just part of the deal. You just try a bunch of stuff. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. What does? You try exploring deeper. If you get deeper into it and you're like, nah, no, this is not what I thought it was, mm-hmm. then you just try something else. And there is this forever repeating pattern of expanding, narrowing, expanding, narrowing. And maybe this point in college is just like, I guess I'm taking this opportunity in college as a chance to expand. I'm taking this mm-hmm. as an expansion point to go through. There's so many cool classes that are offered here. There's so many cool professors to learn from. I don't, don't want to pass up the opportunity to learn from these people and to learn these things because who knows, I might fall in love with it. So I'm just kind of taking a smattering of classes. And we have a program here that I'm grateful allows me to do that and still graduate with a degree and a piece of paper that says I went to college. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but I know for a lot of my friends too, this is the time where you focus, where rather than going and checking out everything in the buffet, you're like, this is the one food that I'm going to eat for the rest of my life. And that's what they do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that's the only analogy yeah, I, I can of right now. It's like, know there's mean. this buffet of things. And for some people picking a major can be like, this is the one food I'm eating forever. And I just... I went the other way, right? Like, I, I decided mm-hmm. to expand instead of narrow.
1: That is so interesting. I feel like, you no, know, that's so true. I feel like college shouldn't be used for the purpose of expanding yourself. And that's interesting because I, I came into college, like, set on what my major was. And I'm still, like, pursuing that major. And sometimes I think about how, like, um this, I don't know, this constant, like, need to pursue this major for the rest of my college career has kind of, um, first of all, caused me to define myself in a really restricted manner, which was, I am this major and this is what I'm going to pursue. Number two, like not kind of on that same line, not necessarily given me the leeway to explore other things. Um, so I do think about that a lot, but I wonder, I don't know, I have a question for you guys and not to sound like pessimistic, but I wonder like, do you feel like the notion around college that we have limited time and have to, or actually, actually my question is more so, like, do you believe in the notion of college being a limited amount of time and that we have to like pursue something specific in order to make a life for ourselves afterward? Like, do you believe in that? Or um, I think Nico, you kind of sort of already answered this. Like, or do you believe it's a time for like expansion? Like, which which one do you more align with?
0: For me, I think I view college as this time to build a skill set. Mm-hmm. So right now, I have a big picture goal that when I fully enter the world, right? I mean, I feel like we, we've we sort of entered the world already, but we're not in the real, real world yet. And when I do, when I look towards the next, you know, 60, 70, whatever, I don't actually know how how long the average life expectancy is now. But however much time I've got left, right? when I look to that window and in, in the rest of my life, I want to be doing things that help me understand people and the world better and be equipped with the tools to help other people do the same. Because I think one of our biggest problems right now is people just don't understand each other. And there's such a disconnect in so many parts of the world at the most human level. So I'm spending this time right now doing my best to enhance my own understanding and to build tools to help other people expand theirs. So I think there is definitely truth in the notion that college is this limited amount of time. You're only on this campus for four years. You know, you don't have enough time to try all the things you want to try. I remember being told that during orientation, that there are so many classes offered here. You're not going to be able to try them all. You're just going to have to deal with it. And I want to push back on that idea that the lack of time to try things means you shouldn't try things mm. because I think there's still room. Like there's, you can still fit time. And even if it's not in a class, there's so many clubs, there's so many extracurriculars, so many different ways that are in some ways conventional, in some ways unconventional to grow as a person outside of the classroom. So I think there's so much more to college than just textbooks, studying and exams. I think it's this more global experience of growing as a person and of growing our own understanding of the world.
1: That's interesting. Okay, that's super interesting as someone whose college experience is textbooks and studying and exams like 95% of the time. Because I feel like I'm always in this constant battle with myself in terms of how I think about this idea because I completely think that It's like college is a time to be able to explore other things that may not be who you are, but just getting to explore all sorts of different disciplines, getting to meet different people. I think that's like one of the biggest things that has impacted me, getting to talk to all sorts of different people. Everyone's going about it differently, and I appreciate getting to learn from that. On the other hand, a part of me also does value some specificity in someone's education and i don't know necessarily like where that comes from but it's just something that i've always thought and maybe it's because i'm pre-med which i mention every episode at this point (laughs) but i mean obviously in that field there's so many different people so well trained in super duper specific things and when you see you think we need, Like, we need someone who knows this fully in-depth because for how much information that one person knows, they can't possibly know, like, everything else that somebody else knows fully in-depth. And it helps support that collaborative network in theory. That's the other issue is, like, in theory, yeah. that collaborative network should come together because that's the ultimate goal of why we're all going into specific fields is because we can't all possibly know everything that's going on in the entire world. And we want to lean on other people who do know about certain things that we don't and fill in the gaps. So I think in an ideal world, I would want to support like people getting to explore and then also finding something that they can maybe commit like an extensive amount of time to to then contribute that aspect of themselves to the world since we're all contributing different things. But... Mm -hmm collaboration is not open to everybody even within certain fields where it's supposed to be people are not welcomed into the space if they're in the space they're not a part of any conversation it's definitely like it's just kind of like a constant back and forth I guess in my head yeah I agree Hmm. I so a couple um like months ago I went to this one like grad school information session um, and they were, when someone asked, like, is it possible for us to, she was just asking the person I was giving the presentation on this specific program. She was like, is it possible for us to come in with this specific specialization and then switch? And then the presenter was like, no, you can't really do that because you only have two years to pursue this degree. So you're actually not able to, once you come in with a specific specialization, you can't change to another one, which wow. if you... I don't know. Like it made me realize that, or actually it didn't necessarily make me realize anything, but it made me think about how our sort of types span to be able to, mm-hmm. and I, I, I love exploring new things and I want to make a commitment to explore new things in college. And I really wish I did that more earlier, but I'm going to commit to doing that more in the future. But it also did make me realize that like, the time spent to be able to explore more and more and we're still like only second years so we have time but still we're getting closer and closer to the point where we have to make decisions that are probably going to last us hard care lives excuse me and that's a little scary to think about but um mm-hmm. so yeah that was just one experience that i thought of when i was listening to what you was saying but at the same time, like, I don't know, I hear about all these stories of people well into their 40s and 50s and even 60s that discover new passions mm-hmm. that they um, continue on later throughout their lives and also become successful in. So it's stories like that that also give me hope that what we commit to, in air quotes, isn't necessarily um, set in stone, that we still have time to change. But also when you hear messaging like that, like, oh, no, you cannot change your specialization within this couple of years of you getting your degree or like things like that, especially in academic situations. It gets a little scary. Think about how that time is narrowing down as we get older. And like we me and like Swetha and I both, we knew what we were doing before we even got to college. And like we still can feel like we're behind. And we had already had a set idea of exactly what we were going to do. And you still feel behind, and you still feel like you're not keeping up with what's of ex- like what's expected of you it I think it's just the pressures at such a young age to commit into one thing is not healthy, and that's why i like I really do value exploration, even as someone who maybe doesn't do it as much as I hope I could, but also maybe trying to find other ways, like even this podcast is me exploring something that i never thought I would do in, like, a million years. Like, it just didn't really seem like something that aligned with the other things I'm doing in my life. So it's also been kind of nice to find other ways to explore, even if I can't always do it in, like, directly through college.
0: I think you're right that this idea of getting pigeonholed so early is something that's so prevalent. Like, when we're in elementary school, we're taught a little bit about everything so that we get the gist of a lot. Even as we get into high school and you start picking electives, you start building something that's mm-hmm. more specific. Then, and I've said this for now a couple of years, even before coming to college, that I think I might've written about it in some applications too, that college so conventionally is this place that you get stuck, you get pigeonholed, you force yourself into some sort of, through some sort of funnel, you come in with all these great ideas, all these things you're excited about, and come out with just one uniform thread that you pursue for 50 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of this is just how society is set up and how society has been run. Like, even from the time we're going to first grade, we're built into this like nine to five almost, you know, work day where you start school. Like, I think I started school at like 8 a.m., got out at three, did that mm-hmm. for 12, 13 years. And now we're just being nurtured into this pattern when the world has become so much more complex than being able to just go in, you know, punch your card, you're there eight hours, whatever it may be, then you leave and that's it. There's just so much happening and we're such complex people and we've begun to realize that, that there's so many things that we're interested in. And I think as a society, we're just now beginning to accept that as okay. That it's not a letdown to change careers later on, that it can actually promise immense success. Like Rebecca Jarvis, our first guest on this podcast, was in investment banking and then made this big jump and pivoted to journalism because she found a new passion, had this thing that she wanted to try and was ready to make a change in her life. She did it and has been wildly successful in both both aspects. When she was in investment banking, she was successful. When she moved to journalism, she's been successful. And that was, you know, the decision for investment banking might have been made, say, around our age. I'm not sure what it was for her, but let's just say for examples that that's what happened, was in it for a while and decided, you know what, there's something else I want to try. And a big part of that decision, the way that I interpreted it, was courage. Having courage and trust in yourself that doing something like this is okay and that you will be fine no matter what happens. You might trip along the way, but you'll ultimately recover. And that, I guess the idea of resilience can be a double-edged sword. On one hand, it can be really motivating and it can be a really positive in, so some positive encouragement for people who are going through these tumultuous, like intra-conflict situations. But at the same time, it can be this voice saying like, oh, you need to be doing this. Like, why haven't you gotten back up yet? Why haven't you picked yourself up yet? When sometimes we just have to reach out for help to get through these Mm -hmm. pivots, to find a way to be okay with making jumps that we never thought we'd make or never thought we'd have to make.
1: And especially as like other people too, looking in on others going through these experiences and To our listeners, I hope that we all start to learn to also have and like basically act on that courage and trust for others as well, because a big part of that is being able to support people, especially people that are disadvantaged, not just because of their own like identity, but of how society perceives them in in like when you fall short and when things are not successful. And when you're in that process of making a jump, it doesn't happen overnight. I think, especially as people looking to help others in those transition periods as well, is something that we can all be a part of together and not focus in on, like, not focusing on making someone feel like it's a soul journey um, and being there to help people as like a, a broader community rather than an individual.
0: The human experience is a collective one, but it feels so isolating for so much of it that it can seem like you have to go it alone. But I think you're right. Maybe some of that's just the way that we have created these ideas in our own heads that, and perpetuated them that, you know, in order to be strong in society, you have to be able to do it yourself. But sometimes mm-hmm. all you need to do is reach out for help. Yeah. Well. This has been really, I I love having so many things to think about. Like this has given me so much to think about that I'm going to keep just noodling Mm -hmm. on for probably countless hours because we've opened a Pandora's box of like life questions that have have me thinking about what does next even mean.
1: Yeah. No, this whole conversation has just been, I did not know where this is going to go. But so, like, I definitely was not expecting it to go where it did. But thank you, Saitha, for bringing up these thoughts. Because, like, it's really, it's getting my mind thinking about how I want to go about college as well, too. Because we still have two years. That's still a lot I of agree. time. I agree. And I think this conversation and all the different things we talked about also just kind of showcase the beauty of being three college students that are in the process of discovering ourselves. Um. And I think we got to bring a lot of our own experiences to this conversation, which I liked.
0: Well, before we wrap it up here, is there anything else that you want to talk about, ask us about um, any, any final words?
1: I guess, like, on the topic of um, expanding our horizons, what are your goals for, um, I guess, expanding your podcast or whatever your interests are i hope that we just get to keep talking to more people it's such a cool thing like i'm so grateful that we get to do this and get to talk to people about themselves and their accomplishments and things that they should be asked about but also getting to learn so much about people that is more like beneath the surface I just feel like whenever, even in these after shows, and sometimes when I'm just like talking with Nico and we just like are like, yeah, we talked about this and we started learning this about something, we just kind of like take a moment. You're like, wow, I could not have imagined that I would ever get the opportunity to learn that about somebody else. And I hope that eventually people can also start to kind of introduce these types of conversations into their own life as well and make that a more normal thing to kind of get beneath the surface a little bit about people.
0: I totally agree. I think having this space to dedicate just to talking with each other is so beautiful because in the way that my world at least exists, like I'm always going to do something next. There's always something on the to-do list. There's it's just such a fast moving environment that being able to take the time to slow down and go back to the core of us existing just together. Be able to have all of us here. The three of us have taken this time out of our busy days to just talk with each other about what it means to be people. And I think that might be one of the coolest things that, that I hope our show continues to do. Whether it's with our listeners, whether it's with our guests, or just, you know, dinner tables, dorm lounges, while people are discussing the episodes after, having something that's helping to create the space where we just talk to each other and take time to connect with each other again. That's not just through Instagram, not just through Twitter, where it's actually having a conversation because you never realize how much there is to learn from each other until you just start talking to each other.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. No, I can like say firsthand that like my favorite memories with each of you is when we literally just end up talking for like three hours. Like with literally both of you, some of my favorite memories are just when we've just sat down and had no other intention other than to just catch up. And we end up talking for like four hours about anything and everything. I think those are things that I will always remember. And I always think about those conversations a lot. So I think it's really nice. back to my... Me and Rushmi were in the dining hall for like four hours just talking. <laughs> but I agree. It's just getting to like listen to people, listen to their ideas, their thoughts and their experiences. That just makes, I think, life itself a lot more meaningful.
0: Definitely. Oh, yeah. I think that's a that's lovely beautiful. note to close its after <laughs> show on. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Swetha, so much for joining us. That was the after show for Anything But Golf with Rose Zhang. And we really appreciate y'all tuning in. And once again, Swetna, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. Anything But was created by Rush B. and Nicholas Liepens, produced by Iman Rahman, with original music by Caleb Liu.